he, he started going a little senile on the Lord. And this is what he said. He said, I'm going to find happiness without God. I'm going to search this world and I'm going to find satisfaction without God. It's all recorded in the book of Ecclesiastes. Well, he did. He went on that search. He went on that experiment. He went here and there and everywhere. He did everything there was to do. You can read it. It's a great story to read. He said, if there was to buy, I bought it. If there was to do, I done it. If there was to go, I went there. If there was to have, I had it. Everything under the sun. You see, God allowed one man to have all this world has to offer. God allowed one man to go through it. And at the end of his search, after everything he did, I'm talking about money, wine, Nine women and song, a thousand women, 700 wives and 300 concubines. I really question the wisdom in that. Say amen. But he did say, he said, it's better to dwell on the housetop than in a wide house with a brawling woman. He ought to know. Say amen. After all of the experiment, after everything he tried, and he tried everything this world has to offer, this is what he come up with. He said, vanity, vanity. All is vanity. In other words, when I tried it all, it left me empty. The word vanity means empty. It left me feeling empty. Why do you think there's multimillionaires blowing their brains out? Why do you think there is, listen, uh, uh, athletes and people that have made millions and millions of dollars, they're committing suicide. They're on drugs. Their life is strung out because when they had all the fortune and fame, they still felt empty. They still felt hopeless. You know when a person will commit suicide? When they've lost all hope in this life. When they feel like there's nothing else to live for. Let me tell you, you can have every piece of gold in Fortnite you can have all the pleasure and power this world has to offer but without God you're going to be without hope without hope the reason they were lacking hope is they were without God it's amazing to me how somebody who knows the Lord they can be poor as dirt they can have nothing they can be living in a grass hut in Zimbabwe somewhere telling somebody else about Jesus with nothing but porridge to eat and don't have a dime to their name, but they're as happy as a fat baby in a phone booth. Say amen. You know why? They've got God. They don't have to have a mansion. They don't have to have the fortune and the fame because they have God. You're without God. I'm telling you, you're without hope. Why are they without hope, preacher? Because... They're without God. The reason and the result. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. He's talking about those that have died. Paul is trying to instruct his people on... on, on uh, they, they've been given a false doctrine saying that there wasn't a resurrection. Now some of y'all in here right now, some of you in here right now believe that once you're dead, it's over. You're just like rover and dead all over. This just the end of the it's the end of the line. That's all there is to it. Well, I got I got news for you, honey. That's a lie. That's a lie. Listen, it's not over. It is just the beginning. I believe in life after death. I believe that the grave is just a door. I believe that, listen, it's just from one step to another. I believe one day I'm going to walk on a street of gold. And Paul is saying this, I don't want you to be ignorant about those that have gone. I've got family members that's already died in Christ. I've got family members, my grandmothers and, listen, grandfathers and, and uncles and aunts that's over in heaven now. And he said, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning them. He says this, as others that have no hope. In other words,
church, you don't have to go to that grave. You don't have to go to that coffin. You don't have to go to that funeral home without hope. Because one day, this is just, I'll see you in a little while. It is not goodbye forever. One day, there's going to be reunion in the air. It says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them in the clouds. See, you really believe that? Oh, yeah. Well, what if it's not true? What if it ain't? I'm still having a better time than you are. (laughs) Amen? Even if it wasn't, which it is, I'd still rather be on my side of the deal. Amen? Listen, there is hope. There is hope for the believer. Listen, don't leave here lacking hope. Don't leave here with no hope. Don't leave here without hope. Because Jesus came that you might have hope. Listen, there's those that are lacking hope. But then number two, quickly. Those that are losing hope. You're here and you're saved and you've trusted Christ. Maybe something's happened in church and it hurts your feelings. You know, it's amazing to me, the easiest place to get your feelings hurt is not at the bar, it's at the church. It's not on the ball field, it's not in the schoolhouse. It's amazing to me, people can argue at school and then the next day they can be friends again. They can can beat each other to a pulp in the bar and the next night buy them a drink. But in the church, they'll have a grudge for years. Maybe that's happened to you, and it's caused you to have no hope. Well, listen, let me tell you something. Don't lose hope in God when somebody else done you wrong. Because God didn't have anything to do with it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I was looking through the Bible and seeing different people that had lost hope. There was a man by the name of Jacob in God's Word in the very beginning in the book of Genesis. And, and he had sons. He had many sons. And, and, and they got jealous over one uh, who was his, it was his pride and joy, you might want to say. His name was Joseph. Most of y'all or some of y'all may have heard this story of the man with the coat of many colors. Jacob loved Joseph so much that he made him this special coat, a coat of many colors. I mean, Joseph was the apple of his eye. It was the pride of his life. It was his favorite son. Well, the rest of them, they kidnapped him, threw him in a pit, took that coat of many colors, and then took him and sold him into slavery. He went into Egypt. Well, Jacob was there, and those brothers came before Jacob. And what they did, they tore that coat to shreds and then dipped it in blood to deceive their father. Because to hide what they'd done, to hide their sin, they said, we'll just tell him that a wild animal got him. Are y'all with me so far? We'll just tell him that a wild animal got him and came and laid that coat of many colors in front of Jacob. Jacob looked down at that coat, and this is what he said. When everybody tried to comfort him, when everybody tried to encourage him, in Genesis 37, 35, it says, And all his sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted, and he said this, I will go down into the grave unto unto my son mourning, thus his father wept for him. Do you know what happened in Jacob's life? Jacob lost hope. 
Why did he lose hope? Because of deception. Because of deception. Many of you are here today, and in your life, you have lost hope. Or you are losing hope. Because the devil has come to you, and he has lied to you. He has deceived you. He has come and laid your marriage at your feet, and said you won't never be happy. He's laid your children at your feet, and said they won't never act like somebody, or be right. They won't never be nothing but rebellious. And you have lost hope. Well, honey, I'm here to tell you, Jacob needed to look real good, because that was not his son's blood on that coat I'm here to tell you 22 years later he stood before Jacob once again and seen him high and lifted up I'm here to tell you God can restore your hope don't listen to the devil give the Lord praise and glory if you're glad that God can restore hope in your life man I'm seeing people weeping I'm seeing people in depression because they've been lied to from Satan. And Satan says, you'll never be happy again. You'll never experience joy again. Listen, divorce is not the end of life. I promise you, it doesn't have to be that way. I know it is an awful thing, but I guarantee you this, God can still give you hope. I don't care what's happened in your life. Don't be deceived. He is the God of hope. Jacob was losing hope because of deception. But then, I think about a woman by the name of Naomi. Naomi was losing, she was losing hope because of disobedience. Naomi and her husband left and went to a place that they should not have gone and, and went to Moab. She was, her responsibility was to stay among God's people because of discouragement. She went down to this place and she lost her husband and both of her sons. Both of her sons married Moabite women who was against the law of God to do and she was disobeying God there. Both of them died. And now here she is left with her two daughter-in-laws. Well, she said, y'all go back home. Y'all go back home. I'm going to go back to my homeland and there's no sense in you following me. There's no hope for where I'm going. And One of them left, but the other one stayed. Her name was Ruth. What a beautiful picture in God's Word. Ruth said, I'm not going to leave thee. Where you lodge, I'm going to lodge. Where you go, I'm going to go. Where you die, I'm going to die. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. I'm going to go with you every step of the way. Listen, Ruth was a representation of Naomi's sin and disobedience. God would not let her shake that. I promise you this, if we disobey, God's not going to sweep it under the cover. He's not going to sweep it out of our life. He will make us face that. But I guarantee you this, God can take your disobedience, though He does not condone it, though He will not stand for it. He can take your mistake and your failure and turn it around and be the greatest blessing to your life it has ever been. Because it was through Ruth that God blessed Naomi. I'm telling you, if you're losing hope because of disobedience, I promise you this, God can forgive you. God can't take your sin and make it white as snow. It's unbelievable to me how God... I, I don't understand how a black cow can eat green grass and spit out white milk. I need a witness right there. And how God can take a black sin and dip it in red blood and it come out white as snow. 
But he said, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I don't care how dark it is. I don't care how dismal it is. I don't care what sin you've committed. I don't care how long you've been committing it. If you will come to the Lord, he said, come now, let us reason together. I have a reasonable God who will take your sin and wash it white as snow. He will remove it as far from you as the east is from the west. I need a witness. I feel banana pudding coming on. Amen. Hallelujah. I have hope today. Amen. God can forgive you. Man, there's people walking around feeling like it's over because they've done been too bad. Honey, you can't be too bad because He's too big. And He said where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. If ain't nobody having fun, I'm having a big time this morning. Listen, if you're losing hope because somebody lied to you, you're losing hope because you've disobeyed and there's been a time that you fell in your life and you made mistakes. Well, I, let, me, let me tell you this. Everybody look to the right. Some of y'all the other right, amen? Something like uh, left, okay, left, here we go. Look to your left. You know what? You just saw somebody that's failed in their life. You're not alone. I, I invited somebody to church, and this is what they said. They said, preacher, if I was to walk in that building, the roof would fall in. I said, boy, you don't know who goes to our church, do you? We put special reinforced rafters just because we intended for sure enough sinners to come in this place. Let me tell you something. Paul said, I'm the cheapest of sinners. Ain't nobody. <laughs> if God can save me, he can save you. Amen. Moving right along. Hallelujah. Job. How many of y'all have heard of Job? Story of Job. Boy, he went through it, didn't he? He said, in one day, have mercy. In one day, in, 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 in just a few moments of time, he lost all his finances. He was a cattleman. He was a rancher. And everything he had was destroyed or taken. And one moment of time, all ten of his children died in one freak, stormy accident. Listen, in one moment of time, all of this stuff happened to him. Came to him. And listen, after that, it was not enough to do that. The devil said, listen, if you'll touch his body, skin for skin, man will deny you. And the Bible says the devil took from the top of his head, I'm talking about the top of his head, to the bottom of his feet, he covered him with sore boils. Some scholars, some experts say between two to three inches apart, a sore bowl. Now, I don't know, you, this is old-fashioned day, a sore bowl is a souped-up rising. Are y'all with me now? That's what it is. It is I mean, it is, it's even sort of even touch it. And he would sit in an ash heap and just scrape the heads trying to get relief. And this is what he said. He said, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Listen, because of death and despair and distress in his life, he said, I don't have any more hope. But if you'll keep reading, the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means I'm going to have just enough 
I'm going to have just enough. But in the middle of Psalms 23, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm here to tell you that shadow is deep, and it's dark, and it's dreary. And sometimes you'll get to the place where you feel like it's hopeless. But he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. But then, Lynn, listen, he says, now I'm not having just enough, but now my cup is running over. Listen, there has to be a time sometimes in our lives where God has to take us through dark places, where God has to take us through places we don't want to be and we don't want to go. But I'm telling you, it's not without purpose. God wants to move you from the place of just enough to the place where your cup is running over. You say, how do you know that? Because in the last chapter of Job, the Bible says that God blessed him more in his latter than he did in his former, and he got twice as much as he ever had before. And God restored His hope. Now don't quit on God when you're in the middle. Don't quit on God when when you're ready to throw in the towel and you're ready to give up and you feel like your hope is just a glimmer and it's not, not nothing to have hope for. Because when God is through, I promise you, it'll be worth it all. Man, there's been times in ten years I said, I'm tired of this. It gets hard. Sometimes you love people that won't love you back. Sometimes you help people that don't appreciate it. Sometimes you're at the jail at 2 o'clock in the morning with somebody helping with their child and then just a few months later talk about you like you're a low-down dog. Sometimes you just want to say, I can't go on. But you know what? If we'd have quit, you wouldn't have seen this. Look around at what God's doing. You say, preacher, has it been... Listen, I'm not going to stand here and complain. I'm just telling you like it really is. Sometimes it gets hard. But I guarantee you this, the blessings always outweigh the burdens. Always. Man, I watched them. Them little people. Them little guys coming waving at me. You know what? Let me tell you the greatest compliment I've ever been paid. It wasn't, oh, look at all this. It wasn't none of that stuff. It wasn't none of Anybody could do that. Listen, people do it all the time. There's a little guy sitting right over there. They said, preacher, when he sees you step on that pipe, he's got to look to see who's out there. And then the, then, the, then the little fellow will get his little cousin and, and they say, okay, I'm the preacher. And you're Brother Dole. That poor thing. When them little people want to be you, well, I don't want to let them down. Listen, when they look up to you, man, that's the greatest compliment. I don't care about none of this stuff. But when them little people can have hope, because you have hope, whatever you do, you better not give up hope. 
because they need hope. Church, say amen. One more. There was a storm one night. Paul and a bunch of prisoners were shipwrecked. Or they was in, it speaks to be shipwrecked. They was in a storm and it was raging and it was rolling and it was tossing and it was turning. And, and listen, after many nights, after many nights, they'd done, done all they could do, tossed everything out they could toss, done everything they could do. This is what it was said. In Acts 27, 20, when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all what? All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. They lost hope because of despair. You say, well, what happened? Well, right after that, I didn't have room to put it on my paper. Right after that, Paul stood up. He said, gentlemen, be of good cheer. He said, I'm a man of God and I have heard from him. He said, the angel of the Lord has spoke to me tonight and said, everything's going to be all right. And even more than that, he said, and I believe God. And you know what happened? Every one of them was okay. The ship busted all to pieces. But it says that everyone made it to shore and land by a piece of that ship. Now, if it had been me, I'd have kept the ship together. But God knew more than I did. That ship would have probably sunk. But God busted it all to pieces to get every one of them to shore safely. Even after they lost hope, God delivered them again. You say, but my ship has been tore all to pieces. That might be part of God's plan to help you get to shore. Everything in your life might be shattered, but don't give up hope. Don't, don't fall in despair. God has got a plan. Don't quit till He's through with His purpose. Listen, there are those that are lacking hope. There are those that are losing hope. But I want to talk about those with a living hope. And then we're going to eat. Hallelujah. If you are lacking hope, if you are lacking hope, you need to receive Christ in your life today. We're going to have some folks up here in a few moments, and they're, they're going to have a Bible in their hand. And if you're here today without God, I promise you, I can show you how you can leave with Him. Church, say amen. Listen, I want you to know this. I want you to know this. If God is here today, which I know He is, He came for the purpose of touching you. Are you with me? Say amen. Now listen, if you are lacking hope, you need to receive Christ. If you are losing hope, you need to remember all that God has done for you in the past and what God has promised to do for you in the future. Say amen. Then lastly, I want to talk about the living hope. The Bible says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3, verse, or chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. Say that with me. A by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What's that mean? When it's storming outside, you can still have a smile on your face. Listen, when you get the bad news, you can still walk around with peace in your heart and joy in your soul because you have a lively hope. Your hope is not based on circumstances. Your hope is not based on your surroundings. You are not a thermometer. You are a thermostat. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life. You can be up when everybody else is down. You can be on when everybody else is off. You can be hot when everybody else is cold. I'm talking about a lively hope. 
Why do you have a living hope? Why are you standing here so happy? When I, walk, when I got on the property today, I said, it's going to be a good day. Amen. I've been walking around with a skip in my step, a song on my heart. Why? Because God is holding me in the palm of His hand. He is walking with me and talking with me. He is giving me peace and joy that I cannot explain. I have a living hope. Preacher, how can I have that living hope? Or what's giving you that living hope? I tell you what, it's my faith that's working. It is my faith that's working. The Bible says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? Faith and hope is two different things. I have hope because I have faith. Because of my faith, I have hope. My faith, and listen, faith is just not the, the deal about faith. It's not just, I, I just have faith for the sake of having faith. Your faith needs to be based on something. For instance, I have faith that this chair will hold me up. Are you all with me? It held me up. I had faith that it would do that. I, it was, it, it, I had a source of my faith. Now, where's my faith? It's in a God who made the stars in the sky. My faith is in the God who made the sun, who made the moon, who made the oceans and the seas. My faith is on the one who spoke this world into existence, who split the Red Sea, who turned the water into wine, who healed the blinded eyes, who healed the lame legs, who walked on the water, who walked around in the fire. I'm telling you, my faith is in the one who got up from the dead. I need a witness. He said, I am he that is living. I was dead and I'm alive now forevermore. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. My faith is working for me. When I go to the grave, my faith says, don't worry, son, everything's going to be all right. Don't worry, son, you're going to see them again. Don't worry, son, there is going to be a reunion one day. When I go to the doctor, my faith kicks in and says, don't worry, I'm the great physician. Don't worry, I'm going to guide his hand. Don't worry, I'm in control. Don't worry. I'm God Almighty and there is none like me everything's going to be alright my faith's working my faith well I don't have any faith well you need to get some it's a wonderful thing you say well preacher I don't, I don't, I don't even think I, I, don't, I don't even think I have enough I don't, I don't know if I can believe like you well I didn't start this way say, well, preacher how can, I, how can I get that kind of faith the Bible says if you had, had the faith as a grain of mustard seed. You know what that means? It's very tiny. If you're here today with just that much, that's all it takes. See, God can take that much and do something with it. I'm not expecting you to have great faith. You don't have to know everything about that Bible. You don't have to have it all figured out. I'm telling you. You don't have to have all that stuff. The thief on the cross was being crucified. And he looked at the Lord and said, remember me. And you know what Jesus said? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He didn't know all of these and thou's and all the commandments. And all he knew was he was a Savior and he was a sinner. Now, if you can get through your mind that you're a sinner and he's a Savior, that's all it takes. Because see, a Savior requires a sinner. Or there's no such thing as a Savior. And a sinner requires a Savior. It's a pretty good match, wouldn't you say? 
If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say in this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know that feeling you have right now? That, that, that little bit of tension and excitement? That little feeling in your chest and you're wondering what that is? That's not anticipation of pork butt. Say amen. That is called the Holy Ghost. And every time that preacher would preach and I'd feel that, and boy, I'd get nervous. And I'd say, dear God, if that preacher would hurry up and shut up, I'd feel a whole lot better. And usually I would because it eased off a little bit. But then it, I'd get under the preaching of the Word again or somebody would start witnessing to me the Word of God. And boy, that feeling, and I'd just tighten up again. And, I, and, and it's the Holy Spirit trying to tell me, son, I want to help you. And there's a lot of that going on right now. And God's trying to give you hope. God's trying to give you the kind of faith that'll work. And the reason I have a living hope today, the reason I jump up and down and spit and holler and get excited, and I know some of y'all don't like that, but it's just I got one gear, and that's the only transmission I, God gave me. Amen. Now, before you get so critical of me, I've seen some of y'all at the ball field, so I don't even want to hear it. When some of them Bama people was, was running all over Ole Miss yesterday, y'all, y'all shouted to the top of your lungs. So don't say nothing to me. Amen. Uh, well, I'm not going to go there. We'll move right along. Say amen. Preacher, why do you have a living hope? Lastly, lastly, not only my faith that's working, but my future that's waiting. The Bible says this. It says that he hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Watch this. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. What does that mean? How many of now we don't we don't have a lot of people here at Temple that gets reservations. We just don't do that. Usually if we have reservations, we're not eating there. Say amen. Or if there has... Now, see, they acting all like they all that this morning. Amen? Got guests, so we need to act dignified. You got overalls on. Come on. Amen? <laughs> but reservation says, when somebody else wants to get your spot, that has been reserved. Matter of fact, for our first-time attenders, we got some tables out there reserved for you. Because you're special. And we want to be a blessing to you. We're going to let you go first. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Listen, that means nobody else can have that spot. Because you're special. And you go to a hotel and, and you say, uh, Reservations for Malcolm Carter. That means that Joe Green can't have that spot because it's, it's reserved. It's for me. The Bible says, I have an inheritance waiting on me, reserved in heaven for me. Listen, in Parade Magazine, the story of a self-made millionaire, Eugene Land, who greatly changed the lives of sixth grade class in East Harlem. Mr. Land had been asked, watch this, this is so cool. Mr. Land had been asked to speak to a class of 59 sixth graders. Now what could he say to inspire these students, most of whom would drop out of school? He wondered how he could even get these predominantly black and Puerto Rican children even to look at him. Scrapping his notes, he threw them all away. He decided to speak to them from his heart. This is what he said. He said, if you stay in school, 
He said, I'll help pay the college tuition for every single one of you. At that moment, the lives of those students changed. For the first time, they had hope. One of the students said this. Watch this. This about made me have a hallelujah fit. He said, for the first time, I had something to look forward to. There was something waiting for me. Now, I may have to clear off a spot right here and shout, amen. What does that mean? In my father's house, John 14. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not, listen, if it were not true, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. A personal place. I, I, listen, I grew up and me and my brother had to share everything. Clothes, room, everything. But I'm telling you, there's a place that's waiting on me that I'm not going to have to share with nobody. It's reserved in heaven for me. I have a future that's waiting on me. If I close my eyes in death, they're going to wake up and open up on the other side of glory and I'm going to see eyeball to eyeball the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to run down Hallelujah Boulevard on the street of gold. I'm going to swing on them gates of pearl. I'm going to look at the walls of Jasper and I'm going to glorify the Lord for eternity. Now, if you wonder why, I got a smile on my face. That's why. That's why. Well, I'll just kill you. Don't threaten me with heaven. I'm ready to go. Amen. What's waiting on you? What's waiting on you? What are you looking forward to? What makes your heart beat a little faster? What puts a skip in your step? Oh, but preacher, I got a hobby. I love to golf or I love to coon hunt. You're going to get old and can't swing and them dogs going to die. Say amen, Bo. I love both of them things. And I'll do them just as long as God will let me. But you know, that ain't all there is to things. Well, I tell you what, I got my job. You're going to have to retire one day. What do you got looking forward to? The Bible says if we have hope in Christ in this world only, we are of most men miserable. I encourage you today. If you're lacking hope, won't you come? We're going to have every head bowed and every eye closed. Why don't we go ahead and do that now? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to pray for you this morning. Hey, we're almost done. Don't.